What's going on gamers? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I'm the Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this Graveyard Retro Review for Splinter Cell Blacklist. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, I've been sleeping on this game for years. I didn't get into the original Splinter Cell games when they came out on the Xbox way back in the early 2000s. I dabbled with them here and there, but I never like fully committed to playing them. Now when the 360 came out, I did play Double Agent, and I gotta tell you guys, I absolutely loved that game. When Conviction came out a few years later, I was so excited to play it. And I gotta tell you, I loved everything about that game until the last level. And I remember being so frustrated with it that I've just never looked back at Splinter Cell the same way. Like, that's how much I dislike that ending game. So when this game came out, I remember not putting it on the list of, like, I gotta buy this game. I still had those feelings or whatever. Well, unfortunately, it has been eight years years since this game came out and i feel like i have just been jonesing to play a new splinter cell i finally got a chance after years of trying to track this game down to play it and i'm ready to share my review so with that being said gamers let's jump in and find out what i thought about splinter cell blacklist gamers let's talk about the story a little bit and i'll just say there's a very intense story you basically have this terrorist group that's saying if you don't pull your troops america out of all the different countries in the world we're going to bring the terrorism to the states. And it is crazy because you're trying to stay one step ahead of them, but they're staying one step ahead of you, and you're just trying to stop the next attack from happening. I will tell you, the biggest thing about this game, it got a lot of flack when it first came out, but Michael Ironside has been replaced for this game. I'll be real with you. Sam Fisher's like 50. The voice actor, to me, at first it was kind of jarring. Like, that's not Sam Fisher. But... I think he did an okay job. He's a little bit more grumpy than Michael Ironside was, but at the same time, I think it fits for the high-stress situation they're in. Michael Ironside, look, he did a great job with that series, but if you've played Ghost Recon Wildlands and you have kind of heard him in that, you can just tell that, unfortunately, Father Time has caught up with him, and he's just a little bit older, and it flows through. I think he's in his 70s. Sam can't sound like a 70-year-old guy, but I will say, my biggest issue with the cast was I felt the writing for Briggs was... It just made him a wet blanket, if I'm going to be honest with you. It just wasn't that great. The main villain, though, oh, it is that like that self-righteous villain that just works so well. He's not over the top. He's not cartoony. I thought it was well done. So ultimately, the story, I was really invested in. I was really getting into it, and it just made me want to jump into even more Splinter Cells or, hey, what else is Tom Clancy, you know, got coming out? Because this is, this was just such a well-written, well-done storyline. Now, gamers, let's talk about graphics. And you know what? For a 2013 game, I still feel like the graphics still hold up. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit shocked by the end of the game. I wasn't kind of blown away because Splinter Cell is always known for having the best graphics. And I'll be real with you. I have played PlayStation 3 games that I feel hold up better than this one. Now, I'm not trying to say this is a slog or not that great when you look at it. But I'm just saying, like, certain character models uh, look really good. And then you have ones like Briggs, who, again, I just don't feel like he... He looked right. Uh, the outside environments are also really well done as well. Uh, the inside environments, they're impressive, but sometimes they can be a little bit bland as well. Now, the way the game uses light and dark, I think that is awesome. Just because, hey, that really factors into how well you're being seen and whatnot. And what's cool is when it's dark, you can actually still see the depth of everything around you. I think that really helped out. And, you know, I got to give him credit as well because... The layout of the houses that you go into, the layout of the office spaces, just the different places where you're into, it all makes sense. There's a nice flow to everything. And graphically, I think it does look good enough 
to be one of those better looking games at the end of that generation, it was just kind of shocking that it wasn't like melt your eyeballs good looking because that's what I remember from Splinter Cell. Demons, let's talk about the gameplay. And you know what? This is a great handling third person action stealth game. Yes, you can go combat blazing, but the game does heavily lean on you playing stealth. And that's kind of your whole role is what Sam Fisher does. A lot of the gadgets and weapons in the game do tend to be more stealth based. However, there is a large amount of weapons in this game as well. So there are plenty of lethal ones, but honestly, I can't really speak to them because outside of using a silenced pistol to take out a drone or lights, I really only used the non-lethal options, which let me just say this, that is still pretty cool to be playing a game and it'd be pretty bright in room. You shoot the light out and now it's dark and no one can see you. I think that's just such an awesome move. But as far as non-lethal weapons, you actually have sleeping gas, you have tear gas, you have a sticky taser, which is awesome. You have a taser gun that I use for the first few levels. It only has a very low amount of ammo in that clip though, but my favorite and it's well worth upgrading is the crossbow. At first, it's just a taser bolt, which, hey, when you shoot the enemy with a taser bolt, I mean, they're down. It's awesome. But you can also unlock sleeping gas as well, and that's great for taking out a crowd of people. There's a noisy bolt that when you shoot that, it'll make people turn around and go investigate, leaving open for stealth takedowns. When you fully upgrade this weapon, it has a ton of ammo. But should you go with the taser or the regular gun, you will have an ammo drop in most sections of every level. So don't worry about that. During the game, you also have to be focused on everything around you. Enemies will not always follow the same path. Say you die and you reload a checkpoint, you going, okay, this guy's going to come to the left. He may not. He may come down the center. He may come down to the right. They will change things up. Also, if you hear a dog, get ready. You need to take them out because they can smell you from a pretty good distance and they'll just bark in your direction. So you got to be ready to take them out because if they get on you, man, they're going to alert everybody. They're going to bite you, leaving you open for attack. It's crazy. And then there's certain enemies they will send out drones and they're going to keep sending out drones. You can shoot those drones, but until you take that enemy out, the one controlling them, more drones are just going to keep coming. And again, those will alert everybody you're around. But my least favorite, and it is the least favorite type of enemy I have in any games, is brutes. I don't know why they put them in this game because honestly, they're super heavily armored and the only way you can take them out is either drop on them from above or take them out from behind. I don't like brutes in games. And I think in this game in particular where you're stealth and you've kind of got like a good flow going for the most part. I felt almost like Jason Bourne, like you're quickly going through dispatching people and whatnot. It felt cool. Then you run into a brute. One or two here and there wouldn't be so bad. There was a few times where you just get like a group of them or they're just surrounded by a bunch of people and it just kind of really messes up the flow you have going. I don't find it like it's a super difficult thing. I just feel like it's an annoying thing to have to deal with those guys because again, if they see you and you're kind of in an area where you can't get away, it's pretty much game over, especially if you're trying to do a no-kill run. But how does this game play out? So in this game, after that first action-packed mission, which is kind of to introduce you to the game and what you're going to be doing, you're going to get your own mobile base. It's housed in an upgradable, converted military cargo plane called Paladin. From there, you have the option to upgrade different areas of the plane. Now, this is going to allow things like faster healing, the ability to switch gear on the field, uh, the ability to show items on your radar like ammo drops, capture targets, and dead drops. And I'll talk about those in a minute. You can also upgrade your weapons, buy the crossbow, and all the upgrades. I'm telling you that right now. New suits, other gadgets, or you can also work with somebody and get into the black market and find new lethal weapons as well, which is really kind of cool. Uh, from the plane, you're also going to launch either a story mission, co-op, or one of the side missions 
the different characters in the game will offer you. Now, as far as the missions go, you're going to be dropped off and you're going to proceed in sort of a linear fashion throughout good size level. I say sort of linear because, yeah, I mean, you're going to go from point A to B. However, there is a lot of variety in these levels and there's a lot of different ways you can go about getting through these levels. Now, one of the things I will point out about these levels is, like I said, there's a lot of variety. And out of the 12 full levels, there's two like small add-on sections to a few levels. None of them actually felt the same. Each layout and design were all different, from a military base to a residence to a water plant. I mean, there are a ton of different places. I thought they were all cool, really well done. Now, like I said, there's several ways to get through each section when you're kind of in that mission, which is also going to give you different options for how you want to take the enemies out. Do you want to go stealth? Do you want to take out as little as possible, or do you want to take them all out stealthily? That's your option. You can go full-on assault. You can do a mix of both. And the game will actually reward you with different bonuses and whatnot at the end of the level, which is going to give you more money. And you also have the ability to use the mark and execute option. The more stealthily you take people out, you'll build it up. Eventually, you'll be able to take out up to three enemies by just marking them, hitting the execute, and Sam will do the rest, take them out really quickly and quietly. And that's always a treat to do. Uh, now, I felt like the games were... Broke down in a way that it gave you a chance to refill ammo. Also, it gave you a nice respawn point should you need it, whether you die or you just didn't like the way things are going, so you restart it. So I never felt like it was too massive of areas. Like they had a nice checkpoint where you needed it out. Now, outside of the story, when you're in these missions, you want to be on the lookout for those high-value targets to capture, the dead drops, and those laptops to hack. These are all optional, but they give you a ton of money for each mission. Just like I talked about the rankings, whether you go by Super Stealthy or Predator or All Out Assault, they give you different rankings, that gives you more money. That money is how you actually upgrade the plane, your weapons, suit, so forth. Now, I will say my biggest gripe outside of the Brutes was the inventory wheel. You hold up on the direction pad and use the analog stick to choose the weapon you want with L2 and R2 kind of going through the different ammo for that weapon if it has different types. My issue was no matter how many times I changed it, each time I went to a restart or I hit a checkpoint or I just got ammo from an ammo drop, the game would default on what ammo I had or even gadget I had equipped. Sometimes it would even change the weapon I had loaded. So I'd sit there thinking I was going to take this guy out with a taser and I'd actually take him out with a pistol. And guys, that can ruin your non-kill playthrough. So I felt like that was annoying just... Even if it was just, hey, it kept me with the crossbow, but it would change me from taser to sleeping gas. It just got really annoying going in there, having to change that every time. And yeah, even that could be kind of frustrating when you don't want to use sleeping gas because you're trying to conserve that and the game just changed it on you. I don't know why they did that, but it's just kind of odd. So let's talk about the trophies and fun factor. I felt the trophies were okay. You're going to get one for completing each level. You're going to get it for completing the game. Uh, there's a few randoms in there as well. I did a playthrough with no kills, which I accomplished. I thought it was cool, but I'm also going to be honest with you. I almost felt like it was unnecessary because there was plenty of cutscenes where Sam is just shooting people. Your teammates are shooting people. So it was almost like probably add a little extra stress on my playthrough just to do that. Uh, but either way, I thought it was cool unlocking that as well. For the most part, though, this is not going to be a, a platinum chase. This is going to take some work to get, and I don't honestly know if the servers are still even online for some of the multiplayer ones. Anyway, I'd imagine not at this point. But as far as fun factor goes, 
this game is actually high. Honestly, if the Brutes were gone, and I know it's not too many sections, we have to do a lot of them, but they were just so frustrating dealing with, this game probably would have been unstoppable, in my opinion. Gamer, it's time for that final review. And at the end of the day, when it comes to retro reviews, I always do a relive or remember. Relive meaning, hey, it's still worth playing, whether you've never played before, or you just want to play it for the second, third, whatever time. Or remember being, you know what, this game is probably better just left to nostalgia. It just doesn't hold up as well all these years later. Honestly, this is a total relive. We have no telling when or if we're ever going to get another Splinter Cell game. And this game still holds up, still checks those boxes. So I'm telling you right now, if you have access to play this game, whether it's on Xbox, through Game Pass, backwards compatibility, whatever it may be, whether it's a used version of the game for PlayStation or PC, whatever it may be, go for it. This game is definitely worth it. With that being said, gamers, I'd love to know your thoughts on it. As always, you can find me at thegraveyardgamer@gmail.com and let me know. Or you can check me out on Instagram, graveyardgamer, or on Twitter at thegraveyardg. Till next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.